0: This is Redefining the Counterculture on Witten Radio. Make sure to check out our website at wittenradio.com.
1: The Punisher, a firearm-wielding vigilante, was pulled from New York Comic Con by Marvel and Netflix, something Steve Harsh, who's been attending for years, understands. I do kind of agree with that out of respect for the victims and for the situation. But another attendee, Leo Lawrence, says the Punisher didn't cause the Vegas shooting. That's only punishing the the fans, and it's only letting the idiot that did it win. Punisher or not, security here is tight with the NYPD's heavily armed anti-terrorism unit standing guard. At the Jacob Javits Convention Center in Manhattan, I'm Julie Walker. Everyone's got their thing. Maybe it's a breakup. A death. An accident.
0: Whatever it is, you used to be one
1: thing. Now, you're something else. We all have our own problems. Our own issues.
0: listening to another episode of Refining the Counterculture right here on Witten Radio. Uh, Today, we're joined by author Emily Skinner. Emily, how are you?
1: Hey, Walter. Thank you for having
0: me. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's been so long since we last spoke, and there's been uh, uh, some new work that you've been working on. I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about it. Um, For our listening audience, you know, people that are new to, to you and new to your work, uh, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you first get the writing bug?
1: Well, uh, basically, I would say, uh, in the words of Lady Gaga, I was born this way. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, I I got involved in writing as a young person, you know, writing poetry and so forth, but um, it wasn't until I bought a typewriter at a garage sale that I really felt like, I had a tool that I could use. This was before I got into computers and everything. Uh but that's when I felt like I really had something that I could use to help me get it all um out on paper even though I could write it in longhand. Um yeah, the typewriter seemed to help me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um do you have um such a knack for storytelling and uh it's it seems like it's something that comes so, so natural to you. Um, Would you say that, um, I guess, what would you say helped to kind of refine the talent that was already there? Because like you said, you know, you're born this way. Um, What, what or who, you know, really helped to shape you and mold you into the writer that you are today?
1: Well, I um, worked with a mentor, Harry Whittington, um, And he was instrumental in helping me understand how to write books. Um, Up until that point, I had been working for newspapers. I knew I wanted to write, so I got involved in um, volunteering to write for local papers and eventually got a job as a feature writer. But in the the book field, I didn't really get involved or know that I could write a book until I – worked with uh Harry Whittington who is a pulp legend. He wrote uh, fiction uh mostly he well he didn't really he did write some non but he's known for his uh detective mysteries, his noir, his romantic suspense. Um he basically was a rival of Louis L'Amour when he wrote Western. So I worked with him. He actually asked me to help him uh when he was writing his last book, which I didn't know it was his last book at the time. But uh, he's the one that taught me how to plot. And from there, I uh, got a green light from him to uh, write the book Markel. Basically, and working with him, he, um, he wrote a chapter a day. And uh, he basically, when he asked me to help him, uh, gave me the outline that he had written for the book and I had to go and and work on writing a chapter a day, just like he did, and bring it back, and and he would read it, and, you know, it was kind of stressful at first because I really didn't know what I was doing, and I could tell he really could tell I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> <laughs> and it took, you know, several attempts before um I had something that he said, you know, you can do this, and that gave me confidence, and that's, when I shared my idea for the book, Markel, and he said, okay, well, then you have to do what I do. You have to write an outline, and you have to write a sample chapter and bring it to me, and uh, I'll look it over, and we'll talk about it. So that's what I did, and he gave me a thumbs-up in, uh, in his – actually, in his final hours um, before he died. Uh, it was It was an interesting situation. He had 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 a stroke, and I had visited him at the hospital, and this wasn't long after we worked together, Um, and basically what had happened was he was trying to communicate with me, and he really couldn't, and he was motioning to me, and his wife, um, I had said, I don't understand what he's trying to tell me, and she said, he's trying to give you, you know, he gave a thumbs up, like. I'm trying that he wanted me to work on the novel Markel that I had written a chapter and a an outline that was worthy so um that's how I got started on this book series that is mar is Markel Markel's dilemma and Markel's redemption
0: I love it I love it what was uh, your your fondest memory of um working with uh because I know that he, you know, he's also credited with, you know, paperback books, you know, being, you know, taking off and kind of being a a staple. Um, What was your fondest memory of just being mentored by him and just knowing him as a person?
1: Well, he had um, invited me to join his family um, at a dinner that was honoring him. For the the Suncoast Writers' Conference in St. Petersburg, he was on the board. And they were – I guess he was stepping down at that time and, you know, giving it over to the college. And uh, like I said, he was on the board. So they were doing a special dinner for him. And they had invited uh, Mary Higgins Clark, um, who was a novelist that I really admired. Um, I had a first edition copy of her book, Where are the Children?, and when he had uh invited me to join them, I was amazed that I was gonna sit at a table with these literary giants and being nobody pretty much that's the way i mean I was <laughs> I had interviewed Harry, but I really didn't have any um status as far as you know sitting at a at a head table with uh with two legends and uh Harry's family. So that was a fond memory. It was one of those things that, you know, I'll never forget. And it was funny because as much as I admired Mary Higgins Clark and sitting next to her, um, it was all about Harry. And he was the one who was gracious enough to invite me to join them and to witness this. And the only picture that I have of myself with Harry was the picture that Catherine Whittington, his wife, took that um, is a great moment as well i mean that i have some tangible uh memory and that that that's kind of amazing because back when we took that picture it wasn't the time we're in now where we're doing selfies and we, we take a lot of pictures of ourselves i didn't really other than you know when you're with a family member or a friend occasionally you took a picture but not like it is today so that's a that's a treasured moment for me
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. um, It's really funny to see how things have changed, you know, throughout the years just in terms of, you know, this selfie culture where, you know, we're just obsessed with pictures and seeing pictures of ourselves and you hit on something there, you know, that is a treasured moment because, you know, it, it showed his, his humbleness, you know what I mean? He's, he was an accomplished writer and, um, you know, a really great person, but above all else, I, my biggest takeaway is that he was really humble and he wasn't too proud to, you know, to. Right. properly.
1: He really did. Uh, he did enjoy mentoring any writer who had an interest, a true love, or interest in writing novels and writing in general. And um, I don't know. I must have I must have had that go eyed look that just said, "Help me." <laughs> 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 because he, you know, he was very welcoming, and, and I stayed in touch with his wife even after he passed, and I'm still in touch with his son Howard Whittington. Um, so it, it's it's been a wonderful experience knowing the family.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I want to jump ahead, and I want to talk a little bit about your background. Now, I know I know you personally, and I know that you're about Catholic. And I know that writing is a big part of your life, um, just just as much as your faith is. Um, being both, you know, a devout Catholic and a writer, do you do the two ever intersect? Would you say that there's almost a spiritual element to
1: the work that you do as a writer? Well, um, I do have two different series. So I have the young adult series, which is Catholic inspired, and then I have the Romantic Suspense series, the one that Terry helped me. Um, where I got started with Harry. So, as far as writing, I feel like writing is my calling. So, there's something spiritual about that, just in, in a statement. Um, I think we all have a calling in life, and I do believe that writing is my calling. So, you know, the Catholic inspired young adult series, St. Blair Children of the Night, and the Martell series, and I'm now transcribing my grandmother's, my three times great grandmother's Quaker diary. Um, I feel like they're all part of me and that's my destiny and my calling. Uh, I, I love to listen to Joel Olstein and he talks about, you know, not letting your um, gifts be buried uh, to get them out while you're still here. So, yeah, I feel there's something spiritual and divine about just sharing your gifts. Um, I you know, I do kind of struggle with the fact that I have a, a young adult series that's Catholic-inspired, so it, it encompasses my faith. But then on the other side, I got this R-rated <laughs> series that's a, you know, a, a, just some general fiction, but at romantic suspense. But, um, yeah, I had a little bit of a dilemma. That's why I decided to go with E.W. Skinner as the young adult pen name and then Emily Skinner as my – um, romantic suspense and nonfiction and so forth. That way I didn't want, and I actually have two websites for that reason, because I didn't want someone who is a young adult to read the romantic suspense and think that it was going to have all the same G elements, you know, G-rated, that is in uh, the St. Blair series. So, yeah. So, and, and I do love my Catholic faith. Um, you know, I'm I, I mean, distressed by some of the latest news that has been out there again regarding people who have uh, hurt children. But, you know, in any faith, um, there are challenges and there are uh, controversies that can crop up that will challenge our faith. But really, it's all about us, you know, doing the right thing and uh, being a good witness and, and doing the right thing by others. So, that answers your question.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, it it, it answered it perfectly. I, I think you hit on some really good things there. You know, um, just, you know, uh, being able to uh, offer, you know, a variety to, to reading off audiences, you know, no matter what, what their age. And then also, you hit on something in terms of faith. You know, that's true. I mean, every sect of faith has, you know – Something or, you know, a, a group of things that, you know, they may not be proud of or that may be kind of a black eye, but doesn't detract from the core principles of, you know, what faith is and, you know, using your faith to be a better person and to transform your life and the life, the life of others around you. And so it's, it's kind of one of those things where you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. And right. you know, I totally understood what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to uh, to ask you, what inspires you? Because I know that um, the artistic process is it's different for everybody. You know, everybody has kind of like their way of creating, you know what I mean, putting together a piece of art or a book or a, a film, um, and our processes are all different. Um, you yourself, what inspires you, um, and how do you prepare for, you know, for a new writing project?
1: Well, uh, it, it's, it depends on what I'm writing, what inspires me. Um I like, I, I have a, I have kind of a crazy sense of humor. So I, I can be at something that is, uh, you know, one of those solemn events or, or an important event and something strikes me funny. So I will, I'll be people watching. So people inspire me. But also if I see something, uh, an event, and I may wonder, well, what would it be like if you know if this happened or that happened? Suddenly, now I've got an idea for a storyline that just happened because I was watching somebody. So, people watching is, you know, a, a really important part of inspiration to me because I really do uh, enjoy seeing how different people interact. I like, you know, other. Writers and, and shows and so forth. That sometimes you know you'll see an angle of something that you never thought of, and you just think, "Oh, what would happen if this happened instead of that?" You know. So um, people in general inspire me. Uh, situations inspire me. Um, you know, and then putting the story together is kind of um a process of you know doing that outline um as harry and you know any and any of these authors who are in the mystery suspense line you know you you want to take a character to a certain uh situation that is uncomfortable and then twist it a couple more times to see how they stand up to it so uh either, whether it's in my romantic suspense or in my young adult I kind of do the same thing. I, I I don't necessarily want to put my characters through all of these challenges, but they sometimes take it to the next level. So when I'm writing, I always say that my characters take over. Um, at a certain point, I mean, I'll lay it out. I kind of know who they are, and then all of a sudden they'll surprise me and start doing new things. So I'll outline a book based on, you know, like I said, the inspiration I've maybe seen from some situations or people, and then I take it, you know, outline it, and then let the characters start developing themselves.
0: Absolutely. I love that. I want to – this actually kind of leads to my next question, but, you know, you have two daughters uh, that are both, um, uh, you know, in the entertainment industry, and you know your book series have been about you know your daughters, loosely about your daughters. You all work together very closely. Is there at any time where you guys have i guess bumped heads creative creatively speaking um and if so, how have you dealt with i guess just the challenges of you know being family but you know working so so closely together? Well, the books
1: okay, so let's step back. I have. The two book series that are named after my daughter. So, the, Blair, the, Blair, the Saint Blair series is written basically using my daughter's name. The youngest and then the oldest is Markel. Yeah. So, um, it's not about them, but it's you know, it, it, it's it's funny because sometimes life inspires. I don't know how it worked out, but Markel is an actress, right? And <laughs> Blair is a filmmaker, but that's not the character um, in the St. Blair series. But, um, so I did decide to use my kids' names, which I probably would give people advice not to do that. <laughs> it puts a lot of pressure on the situation, and, and you want to make them happy, and you don't want to embarrass them. And so it makes the work a little harder. But um, we recently, the three of us, uh, worked on a film, a short film, and that it's called Donuts and More, and it, it, I wrote it, Markel stars in it, and Blair produces. And I am the one that's always wanting to go faster than they do. So where we bump heads is basically um, I'm always like, okay, let's do this, you know, and I'll start working on whatever, and I'll start sending things to them, and they'll be like, slow down, we need to do this right. You don't understand, so they're almost like my parents when it comes to, a creative project like that, because they know a little more than I do about how to get this done and get it out. And I know how to just get stuff done fast, which is why they lean on me when they want certain projects and they need to get certain things done quickly. Um, they they ask for my help. But um, when it comes to the creative process, sometimes we don't always agree. We've been trying to get the Markell film um I've written it. They have uh, helped with, you know, getting people to do the coverage for it. Um, We're still looking at budgets and how we're going to fund it and who will be our partner in funding. Um, And it's taken a long time, you know, but we're still working on that. But, uh, you know, as far as we don't always agree, we don't always see things the same way, but what we do is we'll find our lane. So that's what we did. That's how we accomplished this short film. I'm writing, Markel's acting, Blair's producing. So we all have our strengths and we try to just do what we know how to do best and then, you know, give each other help and opinions and and see who our resources are that we can bring to the project. So, yeah. So it's, it's one of those dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> I hear
0: you. I hear you. I know that, um, Screenwriting is a whole different animal and it presents its own, I guess, set of hurdles and and so on and so forth. Um, It's kind of a weird question, but did you find that in terms of like writing this screenplay, um, did it, did it still come naturally to you? Because I know that you're, you know, you're, you're an author and a lot of your work is, you know, in novel format. Um, Was it a hurdle for you, I guess,
1: translating that into a screenplay. Actually, when I wrote The Martel, the first book, I wrote it in my mind it was a screenplay. I was watching the movie pretty much as I ah. was writing out the book. So, um, and I've had a couple of people say because when I when I write a book, I'm very dialogue rich. I'm very I'm, I'm not heavy in descriptions and scenery as much as I am the pacing of the story and, you know, getting the dialogue out. So it was actually easier. In fact, I've had a couple people tell me that I could probably write screenplays pretty quickly because I am so focused on dialogue. So, uh, so it actually has been a really fun, uh, journey in that respect. I've written, I've only written the one feature, but I've got a lot of shorts that I've already written um, short scripts, you know, and, and we've played around with, you know, whether to do another one. Uh, but, yeah, I find it it actually comes fairly naturally to me to write screenplays uh, because you don't have to set all of the scenes. When I adapted the Markell novel to a screenplay, I had to – actually uh, bring in a couple of new characters that uh, I hadn't realized that I could have used in the novel. Um, So if we get this film out any time in the near future, I've actually re-adapted the story, the book, to a film so that it would match the film, but I'm not doing it. Everybody says don't touch it now, Uh, but if we get a film out, then I have the re-adapted uh script and novel to kind of match each other so yeah so there's there's a there's a lot that goes with the whole screenplay process and and I've been learning about uh book to film adaptations so and Harry did that, so I knew that from my history with Harry that he was asked to write the novel for the fall of the Roman or Empire, which was a a film yeah back in the day the that was another revenue stream for movies was they needed to have a book that they could sell as well as you know once the the film hit the theaters they wanted a book that would be able to bring in revenue as well, so you know I kind of knew that already, so yeah, so I've already been thinking about that.
0: I love it I love it i um in your in your honest opinion um what would you say, or what do you feel, makes for good writing? Because I know that uh, you know a lot of people will say, you know, in, in order to be you know a good writer, you know, you have to be an avid reader. Um, you need these elements in your works, your work to you know to attract readers and so on and so forth. As an author yourself, um, what what would you say makes for good writing?
1: Well, I, I think it is important to read um and and to know what you like um but you don't want to copy anybody but i think it is helpful you know that you read but when when you start writing a lot you don't have a whole heck of a lot of time to read either so um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so really challenging but i just think it takes a while to, for you to get your voice and to be true who you are as a writer because they always say write what you know and um, you know for me to write a young adult series set in the year 2202 I'm not a science fiction person I didn't read a lot of science fiction but I had to say to myself this is the world that I want to see and I have to be true to who I am and what I know about where I want to take my readers so um you can get editors and you can get proofreaders and you can get people who can be your, um, help you in the writing process. It's, it's more about getting the words on the page and, and your voice and what you want to convey. So reading more and writing more. You have to continue to write to get better, um, at the craft. And, you know, like anybody else, I did. Every writing class I could take and, you know, whether it was um, a um, college class or whether it was a workshop, I think it's always good to kind of uh, challenge yourself. But but the most important thing is, is to tell the story that's in you and to find that voice that makes your writing unique. Because everybody's looking to discover the next, you know, great writer and they want to read things that they haven't read before. They might like a certain genre, but they want to hear uh, how you're going to say it versus how they've heard James Patterson or, you know, Harry Whittington or anybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is true. I never
0: thought of it that way, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, people want to hear something new, something original, and – Authentic. You know, yeah, authentic. Yeah, that's the word. You took the word right out of my now. wow um what's the biggest takeaway that you want people to get from your body of work because i know that you know you you had you know an opportunity to you know to sit under whittington and you you're passionate i can tell that you you love what you do just by speaking with you yeah. Um, <laughs> when, when people pick up, you know, a copy of your book um, or if they start your series, you know, what's the biggest takeaway that you want them to get when they come they to the pages and they read your words?
1: Well, I, I'm really hoping that I surprise them and that I've entertained them. And uh, I love it when someone says, I didn't see that coming or I had no clue where we were going, but this was interesting you know, I, I I don't expect to be, um, you know, the, you know their. I mean, if I become their favorite, that's awesome. But I just want to entertain people. I just want to tell a good story, and you know, I'm even working on nonfiction now because I'm going to be um, transcribing my three times great grandmother's diary, and I'm doing a. After I transcribe that, I'm going to do a companion book to tell how I discovered all of this. So it's a journey just like a novel where you're going to learn how I actually found all of this information and um, and how all of that transpired. So my takeaway is hopefully you enjoyed the book and you were entertained. That's all I can ask for is that I entertained you. And if I surprised you, even better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Amen and amen. Um looking back, you know, at your, your very first manuscript and, and and where you are today, you know, jumping ahead and looking at where you are today, did you ever envision that you would you would come as far as you did, you know, from that very first manuscript?
1: Um, you know, I have to credit my daughters uh with getting me back into writing um and and my passion for it because when I worked – in the first manuscript in the first book is is the book Markel that Harry helped me um, discover that I had the gift in me. But – because I like feature writing, but that's just short articles. And it wasn't until the, my daughters and, and decided to make a book trailer for the book Markel, which is on YouTube, um, and it's on my website uh, – it wasn't until they thought, hey, this is actually worthy of having something that's, you know, a little bit more rich in content and make people think to get them involved in the reading of the book, Markel, and then for a few people to say, hey, um, I'd like to have a sequel. And, of course, having a second daughter, I had to write another series because I couldn't leave, you know, Blair without a series, but the <laughs> process, you know. Has has evolved. I I think I've gotten better over time because I've uh, I have been passionate about it. But I have to say that you know the passion in in where I started to where I am today has so much to do with the fact that my daughters have really brought me back to you can't you can't leave this world without finishing what you started. <laughs> so. That's exactly where I'm at. It's it's just the inspiration and the continually, um, looking at, you know, how to tell a better story and doing it and pushing myself.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, kind of a random question, but would you ever be interested in mentoring somebody the way that you were mentored? Because I know that there are people that, you know, desire to write to become authors, but they have not the faintest idea. Um, since you were bestowed bestowed, I mean, the opportunity to be mentored um, and since it helped to mold you, uh, would you ever consider mentoring yourself?
1: Well, I, I think I do to a degree. Um, I try to um, through, you know, whatever communication I get um, from others, you know, and, and when I meet people who are writing, I I like to, you know, Give them a pat on the back and, and encourage them. I'm willing to take a look at, uh, just that's exactly what Harry did for me. I'm willing to take a look at something I, I will say this much and, and, and it's going to sound a little selfish, but, um, I'm at a point in my life that I really have a lot that I also want to get out. So to the limit that I can help someone, you know, I, if I get to a point where I've gotten a lot of my work accomplished, then I'm definitely going to be uh, have the ability to do more. But right now, I still work full time, um, and I, you know, and I have a lot of involvement in a few things that um, it limits my opportunity to write. So I am always happy to, you know, take a look at something, and, and it's kind of like what Harry did. Give me a first chapter. And give me an outline, I'll take a look at it. I'll certainly tell you what I think. Um, and, and yeah so so that's a fair way for me to you know help someone just the same way as he helped me. but could I take on a whole bunch of people, that'd be a little more difficult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I understand, yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from because of, you know you have so many responsibilities yourself, and there's still so much that you're you're wanting to get. You know, to get out and to do so, it's um, you know, mentoring it takes on a whole life life of its own, and it's just it's uh, it's it's hard to help mold somebody. You know, if, if you're still working and doing things that you're trying to accomplish, so
1: yeah, and 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 again, I don't want to, I I don't know, I there, there's a certain degree of you have to um, pace yourself because. There are people who who need a lot more, and that's why you point them in the direction of going to take some writers writing classes and, and do certain things and, and then, you know, bring it back when when you feel like you've got something that you really feel ready to work on um, versus – there, there are some great writers groups out there that will mentor and coach in a group setting where everybody reads passages and stuff like that. I've been invited to. I go to a few randomly myself, but I, you know, I I still have to manage my time because I don't have enough time to do what I want to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand completely. Um, looking back, if you could tell yourself, if you could tell if if you could tell yourself something, your younger self something that you wish you you would know, that you knew now, what what would it be? Just looking back over, you know, your journey as an author, um, what's the one thing that you wish you, I guess, would have known that you know now?
1: Yeah, I I think it would be just to keep writing, Um, just keep writing, 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 because I did take – I took time off to be a mom. I took time off to be – you know, um, a caregiver for an elderly family member. I could still be doing little, little bits of writing throughout that whole process. I actually got involved in publishing other people, um, because I just, I, I was so just, just sad when Harry died and, 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 you know, I had, um, so many other things on my plate, but I just kind of stopped writing. And I just, I actually created a newsletter. And I started publishing other people because I thought, well, at least I'll still be in the game. I'll be reading other people's works. So that was kind of a mentoring process back in the day. Um, but I, w- I wish I had not stopped uh, for the period that I did. But like I said, I, I, I feel my daughters have been the biggest inspiration in getting me back into the game. The other thing I would say is I would not use my daughter's name. <laughs> in in book series because I feel like uh, I don't know whether I put so far it's not been a problem but I just you know I feel like okay you know maybe that was not a great idea but I was too young to know any better
0: (laughs) (laughs) I understand I understand completely Um, so you 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 know writing is is something that you're very accustomed to um, and it's you know it's it's a passion of yours, but have you ever run into writer's block? And if so, you know, what would you say, I guess, what's the cause of it? Or do you have a kryptonite, so to speak, in terms of, you know, writer's block? And how did you combat it and, you know, finish, finish the work that you want right.
1: to do? Well, you know, it's funny because it's less of a writer's block as it is blocking time to do the writing because, Um, basically I can start writing at three o'clock in the afternoon and it'll be midnight. It'll feel like it's only two hours to me. So it's very hard for me to stay on a schedule and do the work that I do for my employer. So that's the thing that really is hard for me is blocking time. So this last book, what I did was, I set my window from 6 p.m. to 1 a.m., and how much I could get done in that period of time is what I did. And uh, what I did, too, which helped me, speaking of blocking, it's kind of an unusual situation, but the first book Markel wrote itself in 52 days. The second book wrote itself in 30 days. Whoa. The third book took me... Eh, the better part of this, you know, maybe six to 12 months to really get into it. Because when I wrote the plot for the second book, it didn't, my characters didn't work with me. They went off on their own tangent. So the third book is actually the original book that I plotted for the second book. So when I started the third book, I kept trying to keep going in order. And what happened was I knew what had to happen at a certain point in the book, and I thought, why am I putting myself through this? I'm going to go ahead and write those scenes now. Get it over with. That way the, these darn characters are going to have to follow my lead. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it worked. So it made it so much easier because when you go to a lot of writers' workshops, they talk about, okay, if you know where you're going to start and you know where you're going to end, it's the middle is the hard part. So – for me, I had the beginning and I had the end, and I really don't mind, you know, following the characters on the journey to the, because I have an outline for it, but when they start veering off, I have to keep them on track, so this way, writing all of those things, I, I had it all mapped out, so now I already knew, hey, I could foreshadow this over here, and it just, it was amazing, so I actually got through the book, once I figured that out. <laughs> Once I gave myself permission to write scenes out of order, then what ended up happening is it took me no more than thirty days to get it done. And it was it was fun.
0: I love that. Yeah, that is that's a, a testament to the power of planning and um just laying things out and, and making the vision plain. Um would you say, is there, I guess, a certain, um, not ritual, but a certain thing that you do before you start on a new writing project project to help you get into the mindset of your characters?
1: Um, if I know of, well, sometimes music will inspire me um, for, uh, you know, a- any of the writing projects. So with the Markel books, um the original markel books um i i always i love listening to um u2 and uh garth brooks and a lot i mean there's kind of a mix of music that helps me get into the mindset and where those characters what their feelings are so i can listen to music and uh and get myself into that place where i need to start working so yeah i think music would do it
0: I love it. I love it. I wanted to um uh just touch basis with you a little bit on um you know what new things are in the works cuz I know you uh said that you've been uh you've worked with uh, Martell and Blair um on a screenplay that you've been doing. Uh, what are other things are in the works that you can tell us about?
1: Well, I once I once I get the third book out in the Martel series which is going to release on September 27th, Markel's Redemption. I will be getting the box set out for all the books eventually, um, the Markel series and then the St. Blair series. And as I said, I I mentioned that I'm working on my uh, my three times great grandmother's diary, but then I'm also going to write a companion book that goes with that. Then I have a whole new uh, fictional series that, not a series, it's going to be a standalone book, that it, I've already outlined it, um, speaking to that and mentoring.
0: Um, I
1: love Masterclass Online, and I've taken James Patterson's, I've taken Aaron Sorkin's for um, screenwriting, I've taken David Mammoth's, he's playwriting and screenwriting, uh, I took Shonda Rhine's uh, television writing. And, uh, I'm signed up for whenever they release the one for, um, Margaret Atwood. So those are things I would recommend that your listeners consider as the masterclass online. It, I've entered the James Patterson Toe writing contest with an outline. So this book that I want to write next in the fictional standalone is, uh, it's basically a, a story about a caregiver. And the way you can get really messed up when you're overstressed. So, um, so that's the next piece of work after I finish the nonfiction, and I can't wait because, I, like I said, it's outlined, it's ready to go. I've already written the first couple of chapters, and it's twisted. <laughs> <But> I, don't <laughs> don't it. so. I
0: love it. I love it. Where can our um, listening audience find out more about you and keep abreast aggressive- of? your 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 work and, and purchase your work. Um where can I go to, to find out more about it?
1: Well I have links to almost all my books on uh my website, EmilySkinnerBooks.com. dot com. It incorporates both the um the young adult as well as the uh romantic suspense and then just on the uh side of the I mean the YA books, the Young Adult Supernatural, that is EWSkinner.com. dot com. And, of course, I'm on Amazon and, and all the major book selling sites, um, and I have a blog, thefilmmom.blogspot.com, and on Facebook, Emily Skinner Books. And I have actually a Saint Blair Children of the Night Facebook page. So those are, you know, some of the channels that you can find me, but most bookseller sites.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, I just have one last question. Um the world we live in right now, it's crazy. Um, you know, you touched on this a little bit earlier when we were talking about faith and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's just so much going on. Anytime you turn on the television, there's something tragic that's happened. Um, I'm a little curious as an author or being an author, um, what would you say gives you the most joy in life? Um, because life to me, when I think about it, the Bible even says it, it. It talks about life being a vapor, you know, and it just being so so fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, what gives you the most joy in life? And do you believe that? Because um, we touched on this earlier, but do you believe that you know your gift in writing? Um, do you think that your writing is, is helping? Will help help to I guess reflect. And to to get people through the difficult times that we are in today.
1: Thank you. Um, that is a very interesting. Uh, that's, that could go on. I could go on for days on that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but, um, as far as yes, I hope I hope whatever I I put out into the world is entertaining, um, and you know maybe gets you thinking. Um, there's like you said, so much going on in the world that is negative, and I try to, myself, I try to avoid the news. I know if there's something really bad, something that is earth-shattering, somebody's going to tell me about it, but I try not to put my head into that place and and just listen to all that negative stuff, because it doesn't bring you any joy. Um, Like I said, I I enjoy my faith, my family, um, and my characters, because my characters are my family, too, because they're just crazy people that you know <laughs> i spend a lot of time with <laughs> yeah. working so um my joy is my family and just being sure that everybody is safe happy and healthy that's that's kind of our mantra and our prayer everybody is safe happy and healthy and uh i you know i try to avoid politics and anything that uh because everybody has an opinion, and there's two sides to every story, and even when you get one side, there's another side and and we all just really have to be patient with each other um, when it comes to social media i will un- I don't unfriend people, but I may unfollow them because i don't because I know that they're posting certain things it may be important to them, but it's not important to me I don't want to not be their friend, but I want to make sure that I'm honoring my gifts. And if my gifts are affected by a lot of negativity, then I need to turn some of that stuff off. So, um, so that's pretty much, you know, what I think is, uh, the easiest way for all of us to be more, um, considerate and friendly and loving with each other is, is just not to expose ourselves to all of this garbage that's uh that's out there and 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 that stuff affects us, you know I mean some people are really lonely and sad, and if they're just watching and listening to stuff that just keeps them in that place, how are they going to rise above it so uh I think we all just have to kind of uh, be a little bit more mindful of what messages we put into our uh heads, you know because. They always say, you know, if you're gonna to go to bed, don't watch something that's gonna be depressing, watch something that's gonna be uplifting or read something that is uplifting. Um and that's that's all I can ask for is hopefully I've entertained somebody. Not that my books are not they don't have, you know, dark moments and and I said uh tragedies as well. But, you know, at some point they have to come out of it and it's going to be some kind of a hopeful message, and it, <laughs> that's at least my hope. But, yeah, I, I, I don't want to also restrict my writing, but it, it's, it's entertainment. So um, I don't want anybody to see if I take anything literally. But, yeah, I think it's, the joy in life is just about being good to other people. And if you're if you're doing the best you can do with whatever job you're doing, whether it's making a sandwich or writing a book or, you know, Talking to people on the radio <laughs> you you need to just do the very best you can and and that will bless other people
0: absolutely absolutely, yeah, you're so right i you know I think that there there definitely is precedence, and there's there has been a thing before that you know you you've gotta guard your heart, you know you've gotta watch your your eyes what you see. And it's it's true. I think if, if you're feeding negativity 24-7 or if a large chunk of your day is filled with negativity, you know, it's going to ooze out at some point. And so it's, like you said, you've got to just protect yourself and just, you know, guard yourself against, you know, negative people or, or places or things, you know, anything that'll, you know, cause you to act out or to become a different person. And I mean, you, you definitely don't want to, Make a habit of you know just letting that stuff you know have such a big part of you, you know what i mean and so
1: you you hit
0: on something there and um it was
1: it was very poignant so <laughs> thank you thank you well yeah. it it's well and even our short film um is it, it's a dark comedy uh the donuts and Morris via a film festival near you but um it's one of those. It's, it's kind of a, a, a situation where this character has a certain stress level, and it's how she handles it. And it, and you know, you, you just have to see it. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, when when will it be out? When will it be? Uh, I guess on the film festival
1: circuit. Well, it, we've submitted to a lot of festivals, and, you know, most of them don't have all of their decision-making. It's a process where, you know, it takes several months for it to get into um, the screening with all of the people who make those decisions, which Markell and Blair actually do that for Sunscreen Film Festival in California. But, um, yeah, so we're waiting. We're waiting for answers, hopeful. Whatever cities that we go to or whatever cities where it screens that. the People will have fun with it and enjoy it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I um I wanna thank you so much for joining me on today's show and I'm, I'm all out of questions, but just wanted to open the floor to you if there's anything you'd like to say our listening on it.
1: Oh gee, you asked so many really good questions. I'm asking, <laughs> anything I've forgotten, you know. Like I said, my daughters are uh the the most important thing in our world and uh, we're really proud of them and um Actually, you know, they have two fun uh, web series, so I'll just plug them for a minute. Um, if you go to com, which is A-N-A-M-E-A-D.com, that is Markel's web series, which is a really fun uh, story about a girl who was uh, created in a video game and uploaded into the real world. So that's one. And then Blair has a web series called Stand Up Girls Show, and it's about stand-up comedians that are, you know, all women, three women, and oh, wow. uh, kind of their challenges. So, uh, yeah, so com and com, and I said, because they've been so good to me as far as helping me and keeping me inspired, I feel like i got to plug them.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Um and congratulations are in order for Marcel who uh just got engaged. So that's
1: Yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> that's huge. you that's huge with <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> thank you. You're
0: welcome. Well, uh Mrs. Skinner, thank you so much. It was uh I really enjoyed having you on today's show.
1: Thank you very much, and and it's a pleasure and I can't wait to hear what you're up to next.
0: Oh, uh something Something big. In fact, uh I'm gonna need your help on it. Um and I'm definitely gonna be in touch with you. But yeah, it's it's huge and I I've been keeping it close to the vest because I wanna make sure like all my ducks are in a row. Um oh, before cool. Yeah, but uh but yeah, um hopefully in in the next month I will have it ready for you and I'm excited for you to see it. <laughs> <Cool>.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> deal. Awesome. Well thank you so much.
1: Well, you have a wonderful rest of your, I guess, evening almost. <laughs> yes, yes. Good <Late> night. <laughs> you as well.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. Guys, that was our exclusive radio interview with author uh, Emily Skinner. Uh, you can uh, check out the link to her website. So we'll put it in the body of this post. If you guys are listening to us on SoundCloud, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. We're also available for iPhone users. If you've got an iPhone uh, product or iPad, or Mac computer, you can uh, listen to us by going to the uh, iTunes store, search podcast, search for our show name, it's redefining the counterculture, you'll hear this interview with Emily. Uh, we're also available for Android users. Uh, if you've got an Android phone, a uh, tablet, or device of any type, you can uh, just go to the Google Play store, search Google Play, search for our show name, again, you'll hear this interview with Emily. Uh, we're also available for um, uh, Roku users, if you've got a Roku player or Roku smart television, you can watch this interview right in the privacy of your own home. It's uh, we've got over 200 plus hours of original content, programming, and interviews, all free of charge, uh, from the Roku Channel Store. Just search for our name. Once you search for our name, you can download the app and begin streaming all free of charge. Actually, we're on YouTube. If you got a uh, if you frequent YouTube, uh, check us out. Search for our name. It's Witten Radio. Uh, once you find us, hit subscribe. We um, have, uh, hundreds of videos on there, uh, of our, our interviews and it's all free of charge. We, uh, update content, uh, weekly and there's something for everybody there. It's, uh, it's YouTube, Witten Radio and hit subscribe.